Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the RiceCast. My name is Anthony Russo, sitting here with Dr. Pastor Willie Rice. Pastor Willie, how are you today? Doing great, doing great. Feeling good? Yeah. Getting through a new year? Uh, beautiful day outside, kind of brisk, and yeah. uh, uh, but uh, uh, you know, great day here in Clearwater, a lot going on. A lot going on. Are you used to writing 2024 yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm over it. And I'm I'm down. (laughs) You got down? Down. I like... You get a week or so, I think. You get a week to 10 days grace. But after that, you got to be... You're smarter than most of us. You got to be. You gotta I'm be struggling. <laughs> I go to. I go to write the date, and I and I already struggle enough to know what day it is today. And then I get to the year, and I'm like, is it? It's twenty through two. Yeah, twenty four. I know it's an even number. <laughs> uh, I'm struggling still, but we'll get there. Um, I had a here at the top. I want to talk with you. Super Bowls coming up this week, mm-hmm. and I thought maybe we put a little friendly. Wager on the Super Bowl, little, little uh, you and me. Yeah, well, I don't know what we're wagering. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I was zero for two on my picks in the championship of who I wanted. Right, of who I wanted. Yeah, but uh, we got the Taylor Swift Bowl now, and so uh, That's right. you know, uh, Kansas City and and, and San Francisco. <laughs> Uh, gosh, I don't know. You know, Kansas City's been there so many times, and and uh, just has that. Seem like they're getting good. They they struggled early this year, but seems like they're really getting good at the right time. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, um, uh, uh, I, you know, San Francisco's a good solid team, but I don't know enough to really about the teams to get too detailed. But right. uh, seems like Kansas City may may win it all. Again. Is that who you wanna you wanna pick, Kansas City? If I make you pick one. Yeah, I'll pick, pick Kansas City. Okay, so here's the wager, if you agree to terms. Okay. If Kansas City wins, then I have to shave my head. <laughs> okay. And what <laughs> happens if they lose? That's San Francisco wins, you have to shave your head. Well, that's, yeah, okay. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> this is an easy wager for ball guys to make. Yeah. There's not much at stake. <laughs> there, there Unfortunately. Really yeah, I don't know who's going to win this one. It's, um, but, you know, everybody gets excited about the Super Bowl and, yeah. and then it's over. But um, uh, both these teams have been up there. Both pretty good ball teams. Yeah. Good quarterbacks playing well. I like Brock Purdy. Uh, he's a. Uh, you know, one of those guys that nobody thought much of. He wasn't a superstar, right. supposedly. Got a, I think he's making less money than a lot of college quarterbacks yeah, nowadays. That's true. And uh, but playing really well, he did. He did really well um, and made some big plays against the Lions. And uh, I wanted Detroit to win, but um, but uh, San Francisco did. Uh, Detroit kept going for it on fourth down. They did sure did. That? Yeah, that not not the best move in my judgment. Uh, <laughs> they sure did. You know. Sometimes you got to kick the field goal, and okay. um, when you're trying to tie a game in the right. late in the second half, maybe go ahead and just get to get the field goal. Right. But anyway, uh, they they fooled around and didn't win the game. So, you know, it's a good job to get if you can get it is the kicker for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> so you, yeah. Not doing much at work. You know, he can say, "Hey, I would have hit it, guys. I would have hit it. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't call me. I would have hit it." I wonder if he's even putting the pads on to go out to the field <laughs> at this point. He's like, oh, "They don't use yeah. me, but uh, I'm on the team." If yeah. you ever get in the spot. people, you know, they talk football analytics and all that, but I I understand all these analytics, but I can count. I can do math, and if you can do math. Right, and you're down by three points. <laughs> it's it's not like rocket science. To yeah, go, yeah, you know maybe we should tie the game here. Yeah. So um, anyway, but 
good for Detroit. They had a great year. Yeah, so. great year. Um, football's I, almost over, though. We're right at the end. We're here. So March Madness coming up. We gotta we gotta turn our eyes after this coming Sunday. Um, hey, I wanted to talk to you about a little bit because because we talked in a podcast leading up to this yep. last Sunday. Um, you know, Sunday, lot, great message. A lot of people responded uh, that I saw. A lot of a lot of positive response. How did you feel? What, what were your feedback you heard from people on that? Any kind of follow up thoughts to the sermon on Sunday? Well, um, as it, as we said, it's a hard message um, on a, a very difficult topic. Uh, as we talked about waking up in a woke world and mm-hmm. it's posted, people can watch it. Yep. Uh, obviously, there are usually a message like that. There will be a lot of people who are, are will express opinions, and uh, usually out of the gate, a lot of people encourage you to, you know, they are grateful that we are speaking out on those things and that we're a church that has a strong uh, set of convictions and is, is unafraid to articulate those. Mm. Um, uh, but... And so I'm very gratified by that. That's mm. that's what I should say. Uh, but I'm also sensitive to people who are hurting and who have family members who are hurting, mm. and we tried to say that, and so that we're not saying these things in a way to spike a football, to mm. use a football metaphor, or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, to, to make ourselves look morally superior. That's not the point. The point is that we must address things that are happening around us, and we must learn to think Christianly about those things, and we can't if we're not willing to talk about them. Uh, but I do know, and we'll say even here, that there are people uh, who have uh, family members, friends, loved ones who are going to see the world in a very different worldview. We are in a very, you know, anti-Christian cultural view now. That is to hold to Christian conviction is not just a neutral, pluralistic. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your view, I have mine. That's not the way it is anymore. That's the way it was. The way it is is we are in negative world. And, uh, again, a few weeks ago I talked about Aaron Wren's new book, Negative World. I haven't read it yet. Need to. I've read some synopsis on it. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, he talks about, hey, there was a positive world, a neutral world. Now we're in negative world. And 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 in the 20-teens it shifted. And uh, so – we are in a world in which now the Christian ethic is not just, oh, that's your view, I have my view. That's mm-hmm. neutral world. Mm-hmm. Um, it, now we are in a worldview where the Christian ethic is bad. Mm. It's bad. It's negative. It's mm-hmm. it's um, unkind. It's you know whatever word one wants to use. And that is the world in which we now find ourselves. So we must not, uh, and, and I think you know what we could do then is talk about Hey, how do you respond in negative world? And um, I, I think clarity, courage, conviction, those are the words that jump out. Mm. We've got to be able to enunciate our convictions. We cannot waffle on those. This is no time for ambiguous language. Uh, we have to have the courage of that. We're not lacking in compassion. But I think the need of the hour and the need of the next few years are going to be Christians and churches who can articulate their convictions with clarity and with courage because it will cost you something. Mm-hmm. And none of that is to say we should lack compassion. Mm-hmm. It is to say that the need of the hour is you're going to have to have the courage to say, this is what I believe, this is why I believe it is true. And um, uh, it's 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 it's. We're in the we're in the, an era in which 
our mentality is having to shift a little mm. bit. And uh, so anyway, that's probably more than you want to get into. But uh, we've heard a lot of good positive things. I'm sure we'll hear some people that didn't like it. And, uh, you know, if it ever were out there and, you know, if it ever went viral somewhere, then we'd, you know, we'd get uh, lots of things that people didn't like uh, because it's an unpopular message. I'm not asking for it to go viral necessarily. I'm just saying uh, learning to talk about those things and having the courage to talk about those things is uh, is necessary. Mm-hmm. And we, d- we got to talk on the podcast prior to that message um, a little bit more extensively, uh, speaking to someone who might be in a situation yep. where you have a family member and yep. this is a real, real thing. Because yep. we know there's there's flesh and bone to all of these things we're talking about. Um, and I loved what you, what you had said in there. You talked about um, not um, like emotional blackmail, I think, is what, what the way you worded it. And I think it's a good... It's a good uh, it's a good word to kind of have handy to not not let someone tell you, hey, you can't think that and feel this way about yep, me. Yep. If you think that that means you feel yeah. this or something or if like you that. think this about me is going to cause me to do something. Mm-hmm. That's one popular tactic that mm-hmm. you're seeing in a lot of school board meetings and a lot of um, other areas that if you say this or don't give me what I want here, I may harm myself. Mm. That's a mo- that's a blackmail. Uh, and it's it's a tantamount to a two year old throwing a tantrum on the floor mm. and most parents know uh, if a two-year-old throws a tantrum on the floor because they're not going to get another bag of m&ms uh sometimes you ignore it and just walk away as if nothing is happening and sometimes uh, it, it you meet it with a discipline what you don't want to do is give in mm. because you're you're just you're being manipulated now mm. you're you're abdicating the position of leadership and allowing someone else to lead you because they make your life uncomfortable. So we see this in adults when somebody at a school board meeting or somebody, as I saw today, or somebody, actually what I saw was somebody protesting the fact that Florida won't let you, is, is, is considering a law where you cannot change your gender on your driver's license. Mm. And somebody's response to that is, well, if you do that, there'll be, you'll be responsible for all kinds of body bags. And what they were saying is, if you do that, people will be so distraught, they will take their lives, mm-hmm. which is, first of all, nonsense. Um, but, I mean, if someone is taking their life because of their, what, a letter on their driver's license, mm-hmm. their problems are much deeper than what is on their driver's mm-hmm. license. And we certainly don't want to see people harm themselves. Right. But that's a kind of emotional black belt. Give me what I want or I may do this. The reality is when you do give in to the gender ideology madness of today, the suicidal ideation skyrocket mm-hmm. for people who are struggling there. So you, you cannot be blackmailed in the sense of do this or I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. That's that I, I you do this or I'm going to manipulate. It's emotional manipulation might be the better word, mm-hmm. but um, you can't be. You can show kindness um, as much as you can, but just beware. Kindness isn't going to be enough in in negative world. Mm-hmm. Kindness isn't enough. Um, it, your kindness it may not be reciprocated. It might be. You should still be kind. You should still be Christ-like. But don't expect that that will be enough because we are not in a pluralistic age where every view is as respected as every other view. That Mm. age is gone. That was 20 years ago. Mm. Pluralism, neutral world. That world is gone. It disappeared somewhere in the early 2000s. We are now in a anti-Christian world, a negative world where the Christian viewpoint is seen through a negative lens. Mm. We must expect that. And again, 
uh, we can still have compassion and kindness, and we yeah. should still be on an evangelistic mission. Sure. But the need of the hour, I believe, in churches like ours is courage, conviction, and clarity. Mm. It's good. And so, uh, yeah, if you missed that uh, message, we put it in the show notes like we usually do. And I'll drop in the show notes, too, the podcast we did prior to. Again, that one was, uh, if you have, if you know a family that's that's walking through this, it's very personal for them. might be a good podcast to send to them, something that uh, they might benefit from. I'll put both of those in the show notes. Uh, if you want to check those out, I wanted to talk today, Pastor. I'm looking at the calendar, and it is one week until a very big day. Well, I, I don't know if it's a very big day. Yeah. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. It's a week from today uh, as we record this. Always like to uh, say these things. It could be a big day depending on, uh, you know, uh, like it's it's going to be a big day if you mess up or you do really good. You know, it's like it could be a big day. <laughs> right. uh, it's probably not a neutral Right, <laughs> right, right, right. You can, and you can play, you can lay it up though. You could just do the chocolate box and say, I'm just trying to get out of yeah. this one with a, with a yeah, par. That's true, yeah. You yeah. know, but yeah. yes, it could be a very big day if you miss it entirely. <laughs> it would be a big red X on your calendar uh, for that day. But I thought, you know, there's a subject we uh, have not gotten to talk about here on the podcast in a while. There's a couple things leading to, uh, I thought we might chat about it some today. Uh, we got Valentine's Day a week from today, like I mentioned. Um, this is a big year for you. You've shared on the podcast um, for, for, for a lot of reasons, just as it happens. But one of them is this year you celebrate a 40-year 40, a 40 wedding anniversary, Pastor. Yep. In December, we do. Um, as, as we said before, it's kind of a big year in our, for Cheryl and, and, and me both, um, 40 years of ministry and pastorate, yeah. 20 years here at Calvary, and 40 years of marriage. Mm. So uh, a wonderful a year, 2024, and um, 40 years. A you know, couple months yet, but we're getting Right. There. You're in it. You're in the year. We're in the year. Of the celebration. We're in the year. Yeah. And I thought, let's talk, today we talk a little bit about marriage, because it's, it's a subject we've not covered too much here on the podcast. I'm sure we've talked about it here and there. Um, but we're here, Valentine's Day. Love is in the air this month. You know, it's one of those one of those situations. So I thought I might ask, as you're approaching now 40 years, what do you... Uh, for somebody like me, I'm on 13. I'm on year 13 right now of marriage. Uh, so people like me can benefit from the wisdom you've got in this area. Uh, what to maintain a healthy marriage up to 40 years and beyond? What what when you when you think about it? When you think about talking to younger married couples? When you look back on your 40 years, what what were keys to maintaining a healthy marriage for 40? Well, I think you you have to look at a relationship as a journey, uh, more than a destination. And uh, again, it, we've uh, don't do as much these days, but used to do a lot of counseling, particularly premarital couples, and. Um, uh, which I always enjoyed, you know, but um, one of the things I think, you know, the, is the tendency is to think of marriage as a destination, an yeah. arrival. I'm there. Mm -hmm. I have it. And, um, you know, I've arrived. I have it. I have the ring on my finger. I have the wife on my arm. You know, it's kind of like you just like I got it. Yeah. You know, done. You're on a cake. You're now a cake we're, 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 we're working on other things. Yeah. Uh, marriage, uh, and, and then you wake up one day and it has drifted and you have, um, uh, whether it's the romantic feeling or the commitment or the, what, what, whatever is the perceived health of the relationship seems to have waned. Mm. 
And it is because you've just kind of been in a drift mode. Mm-hmm. And you, as, as one of my, you know, uh, a pastor I met one time, Jimmy Draper, know Jimmy Draper and a wonderful hero. He said, you never drift anywhere worth going. Mm-hmm. But life is about drifting. You And, and you get into a relationship, uh, you're going to drift because there are currents, you know, child rearing, jobs, vocation. Mm-hmm. And if you just go with the currents, you're going to wake up in 10 years or 15 years or whatever the case may be, and you're not going to like where the currents have carried you. Mm-hmm. You never... You don't usually drift anywhere with going. Yeah, yeah. And and all of a sudden, people have grown apart. They're resentful. They've allowed bitter a root of bitterness to grow. So I think the first thing I would just say, and always have said to married couples, is it is a journey. It is something you must continually work at. You don't achieve it. You don't arrive there. Oh, and yeah. um, you you are constantly in a building mode. Think of, again, the bicycle principle, which is you can coast for a little while, but not for long. Mm. You're, you're, you, you know, you're going to fall down uh, or you're going to press on. And if you're not pedaling, then eventually, you know, you may not notice it for a little bit, right, but eventually right. you're going to notice it. Yeah, you're yeah. not going forward and you're not going to stay where you are. So I think that is, to me, a key in, in relationships is this is a journey. Yeah. And at 40 years, we're still on a journey, you know, yeah. and uh, 13 years, you're on a journey. Yeah. You don't arrive. You don't say, well, I've been married 13 years. I got this figured out. Mm-hmm. Well, but no, that's not the way life is. Uh, you're still on the journey. And you better say at this point, hey, there are things that uh, we have to do in our relationship over the next few years in order, like you're at 13, in order at 20 years, we want to be able to say, this is what's going on in our relationship. Well, there are things between now and then, that yeah. seven-year gap, that will either happen or not happen. And whether they happen or not will largely determine whether or not in seven years, um, uh, you know, and I know your marriage is very healthy, but in some of you, you know, yeah, whether yeah. or not Rachel still allows you to stay around, those, <laughs> those, those things, you know, you can't just say, well, no, I'm there. Right. I've already done right, all these right, things. Right. Um, no, there's more to be done. Yeah. If you want to get to 20, more to be done. Yeah. And to be view it as I've got to be, you know, like an investment, I've got to be putting capital into the account. Yeah. Yeah. And continuing to work or, if I'm drifting, I may wake up and find out I don't like where I'm at. Right. That is so good. And it is such a simple little paradigm shift. There, there I think there's a lot of talk and a lot of focus about getting married. Mm-hmm. Get, you know, it's over. Yeah, we put more. Most people, you know, today has gotten crazy, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, I understand weddings are a wonderful day. And I've, yeah. you know, watched my kids get married. And they were magnificent days. And you put a lot of work into it. Yeah. But there is way, way out of proportion the energy and effort that goes into the wedding celebration right. compared to the work on the marriage. Right. And I'm all for having a wonderful celebration. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it's a bit out of proportion. Yeah. Uh, if I'm just being honest with you, people should probably dial that back. I mean, have a grand time, but focus more on the work that goes into the marriage. Yeah. Not not the celebration. That's not the finish line. That's the starting line. That's right. That's yeah. That's line. that's what. Like, even as you were kind of setting the table with that, I was like, yeah, that's so true. You grow up with a lot of thoughts on getting married there's certainly like uh, i know my wife was one as a little girl you're thinking about your wedding day all girls you're yeah. thinking about getting married and very little thought i would say at least for me personally about 
staying married. Like mm-hmm. now you're okay. Now you've done it, and most yeah, yeah. of the work is very much ahead of you. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, and it, on the one hand, I I think you know we got two young kids in the house. On the one hand, you say you know that months and years can go by, and you really haven't put much into your marriage, mm-hmm. and you you say that out loud. You're like, well, that's crazy. Like, who would do that? But I tell you, it can get away quick. When you get in those rhythms, you're working, you're taking... Oh, it gets away fast. And, yeah. and you know, I always would say this to people, who, you know, you're right. Everybody, I, was, I thought of a funny story. I came home last night and uh, my grandchildren come over. We have family dinner on Tuesday night with Amanda's family. And oh, one nice. of her daughters, our middle daughter, uh, had a, an, it's just, uh, you know, um, can't remember exactly the ages of my grandkids. But anyway, she's playing with her friend in the neighborhood, okay. two girls. Uh-huh. And they're like elementary school. And um, so probably fourth grade, third, fourth grade. Yeah. And uh, they had, she had a dog, the friend had a dog, we have a dog, and they were lining them up and they had some kind of garments on them. I'm like, what, is, what are you doing with the dog? They're getting married. <laughs> They're getting married. Well, they were both females. And I saw that was the first. I was like, well, after the message on Sunday, and here you are again. Uh, but but uh, they were getting married. These girls, they're playing getting married. So my, my point is, yeah, they're already. Yeah. Girls are already. Yeah, yeah. Boys are blowing things up. Right, right, right. They're, they're, they're doing other. They're tackling. And, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's so that, yes, there's this fixation on the marriage. So, um, you know, it, it, it is out of proportion. Yeah, and I think you got to uh, the, seeing it as a journey, like you said. It means it's something that you are checking in on frequently. Like it means that yeah. you're you're looking around so, to go, where are we now? As opposed to just like, well, you know, two two years ago we said we we're going to the Grand Canyon, so I'm sure we're somewhere. We're yeah. in the right. Think of it as a financial strategy. It's it's a, and I'm using money as a metaphor here. Uh-huh. Uh, think of. The fact that if you have a financial strategy, you want to save X amount of dollars or you want to get X amount of return on investment mm. or you want to have so much saved by retirement or something, you have to put money into the bank. Mm-hmm. You can't withdraw from the bank. This is very basic, but you cannot withdraw from the bank right. if you have not deposited into the bank. Right, right. This is very important to learn. <laughs> And uh, and then you will learn, you know, investment where you can deposit into a investment that hopefully will increase the money so mm-hmm. you can deposit more. Now, right, right. think of marriage that way. You cannot make withdrawals of emotional happiness and well-being mm-hmm. if there have not been deposits mm-hmm. in terms of behaviors and commitments that create capital in the account or investments in the account. And and by the way, it is much like an investment. You know, you can put um, something into it, like an investment is I put $10 in the account, I want to be able to withdraw $12, you know, later on right, because right, I want right. it to grow. Yeah. And marriage is like that. You mm-hmm. can deposit and what you will withdraw will be greater than you ever deposited. Oh, yeah. But you must deposit. Yeah. You cannot, you know, say, well, I got married right. and I'm just going to withdraw and withdraw and withdraw, and I come home on the weekend and want to withdraw, and I come home at the end of the day and I want to withdraw, and I'm hoping next Christmas I'll withdraw, and then, you know, I mess up, so I need a big withdrawal, and, you know, at some point you're going to go in, they're going to say insufficient funds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, well, I got married. Yeah, but you haven't made any deposits. Right. So, again, how do you make deposits? By behaviors that you do uh, 
uh, which can include words that you say that demonstrate love and commitment over time. Mm -hmm. That's the way in which you make deposits. And so you've been married 13 years. If you don't make deposits in the next seven years, it doesn't matter how many deposits you've already made. You're going to be withdrawing. Right. And at some point, there will be insufficient funds right. if you're not continuing to make investment into your relationship. Yeah. Is there anything for you uh, and Cheryl, just to, to whatever degree you're comfortable sharing, that you that have been really great tools for you for 40 years to, to stay connected, yeah. to not, as you've gotten, you, you've had kids, mm-hmm. now you have grandkids. I love to hear that you, you have a night, you do family dinner together. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Anything you look at and you're like, that has been critical. So I'll share with you something we've, we we kind of talk about. And uh, one one piece of this particularly I think has been helpful. Um, but I've shared this with many, many couples. And it, the source of it was um, our friend, Dr. Charles Lowry, who mm-hmm. has spoken here. He's been a number of years. But psychologist, pastor, uh, you know, um, and a, a funny guy. Yeah, yes. But he, he wrote a, um, a piece a number of years ago, and it went at – as soon as I heard it, I knew I'd get it. And, yeah. and um, it's, it's like a 3D relationship. And his words were a dialogue daily, mm-hmm. a date weekly, mm-hmm. and depart quarterly mm. or seasonally. Mm-hmm. Now, you can do variations on that. But I call it the 3Ds, 3D relationship. Uh, dialogue daily. Uh, that is some conversation um, every day. Uh, it doesn't have to be in depth because some days are harder than others. Yeah. But learning to dialogue every day, just yeah. a little bit, and um, then date weekly, or if you can't do weekly, I sometimes say at least monthly. But a date night that you continue to have that you invest in as a couple, mm-hmm. and I say this to married couples all the time. A lot of married couples quit dating. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need to date anymore. Right. Why should we go out to eat? We have food here. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it costs more. Well, it, it, I understand things cost money, but I'll tell you what costs a lot of money is when your marriage fails and, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're hiring lawyers and counselors mm-hmm. and all that. So ma- make some investment. Make some investment. And it, you don't have to go to, you know, uh, burn steakhouse every week. You can go, you know, you can pack a sandwich and go to the beach. We, sure. You can you can take a walk in the park. I yeah. mean, there are things you can do that still are within your budget. But a date, a weekly date night is saying, hey, this is our monthly date night. This is our night. We mm-hmm. protect it. And, you know, if you have kids, this is the time to have child care. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you say, well, we can't afford child care. This is time to make friends with someone else who has children <laughs> so that you can take care of their children one night and you can they yeah, can take care of yours. You, you know, it, it, there, there are ways to get this done. Right. And, um, but you, it, you must make that investment. And yeah. it would be amazing how many married couples do not have a time when they invest in one another yeah. on a date night. So... This is revolutionary to many couples. Mm-hmm. I saw my parents model this for years. Mm-hmm. And um, so date regularly, uh, or weekly, or monthly, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then depart quarterly is the big one. I, I Like Cheryl and I have, have learned through the years, uh, is plan a getaway. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dr. Lowry said once a quarter, that is once a season. Mm-hmm. You know, I think winter, spring, summer, fall. Um, you know the seasons. So um, uh, need to be at least one night. You know, early in your marriage, that was a big deal to get away one night mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. kids and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's hard. It is hard. You right. have to work at it. I'm not suggesting it's easy. It's right. not like you're going to wake up on Friday and go, ah, let's go for the weekend. Yeah. You got to work at it. You got to fight for it sometimes. Yep. Um, but it's that important. And I would say once a quarter, at least for a night, 
go off somewhere. Mm-hmm. Better if you can go for two nights of the weekend. But but uh, at least d- once a quarter, it, you're off together. Mm-hmm. This is not family vacation. We're all going to Disney World. We're all going to the park or whatever. Right. Because that's fun, too. That's sure. important. You're yeah. investing in children there. Yeah. But you're not really investing in your relationship uniquely there. They're, mm-hmm. I'm talking about a departing when you're investing in your relationship uniquely. Yeah. There's extended time together. And those moments kind of got us through stressful seasons, mm. times when you would just feel tired, times when you would just feel like, okay, we haven't really had a meaningful conversation in a while, or we haven't spent any time together mm-hmm. in a, you know, extended. And you would know, yeah, but it's coming in two weeks, you know. Right, and right. it, it kind of got you through those stressful moments. So those three Ds, very helpful to me. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, I still think of them, and I still share them. Dialogue daily, date weekly, depart quarterly, and you can vary them if you need to. But the three Ds of relationships, very important. Yeah, that's so good. And I love what you said in there. It's so good to name. I think people do stumble on that, and they and they get there, and they're kind of surprised by it. Especially if you've got kids. I mean, again, this is we're living this very much so. It is difficult. It, you, you're going to go like, oh, we, we committed to date weekly this year or whatever. We, we committed to go mm-hmm. on dates regularly. And then you get there and say, yeah, I got to line up child care. I got to we got to okay. figure out what we're yeah. doing on the date. We got to put some thought into that. And the answer is, yeah, it is like it, you have it to put difficult. some when you mm-hmm. dated last, you were probably young easy. and you just texted and said, want to go see a movie? Yep. And then you were gone. Every night you were looking to do something. Yeah. You were trying. to find Now something. you're just trying to go home and, and right. survive. <laughs> right. So it is harder work in some yeah. ways. But this is the investment into our right. metaphorical account. Yeah. I'm making the investment. So I do have to line up the child care. Mm-hmm. I do have to make some sacrifices. No, I can't go to that event. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it, and, it, and it may feel burdensome. Mm-hmm. Think of it as an investment into the account. Yeah. And, and the returns uh, will be worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so good. And I love another thing you mentioned, seeing your parents do it. I think... Mm-hmm. To me, I do think about that because for me, there was some, and, and Rachel has talked some about this too, there's some, uh, a little bit of guilt, parental guilt. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, it'd be funner to take him to Disney World. Like you said, you're yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I want to bring him with us all the time. Um, but I do think about the impact when you teach your children, I'm going to go spend time in this relationship. Uh, this right, relationship right. means so much to me. Yep. And what is, uh, we, we talk a lot about caught, not taught. Yep. And when they see that and, and how that will make them a better uh, spouse. Yeah, one, and remember, one of the best things you can ever do for your kids is have a healthy marriage. Amen. To that. I, I'm not sure there's anything more you can give them uh, other than faith right. uh, than that. Yeah. Give them a healthy marriage. So, again, it takes investment. So, mm-hmm. sure, you're going to have times with your kids. Uh, yeah, if we're sitting here talking about parenting, I would say, yes, you're investing in that. Yeah, yeah. But it, here's what, and I feel for young families with, with children, you know, your age. I mean, when you factor in the school issues, the church activities which are very important Mm -hmm. uh the the ball they're playing flag football they're playing soccer they're playing whatever uh and it you know how many nights is it every night Mm -hmm. boom but a boom but a boom and uh like when are we gonna have we don't have a night Mm -hmm. people will start saying that so you but you do what's important for you mm-hmm. to do. That's right. If you're putting money into the bank, it's because you're expecting a bigger yes tomorrow. And so you make sacrifices today mm-hmm. that are going to pay out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true in your relationship. So sometimes couples come in and go, I don't know. We just feel stuck. I don't feel fulfilled. I've lost a little sizzle in the romance. Yeah, yeah. Look, 
uh, okay, what what does dialoguing every day look like? Does right. it look like a phone call at an unexpected time for just 30 seconds, 60 mm-hmm. seconds, just mm-hmm. checking in? Um, or does it look like a five-minute conversation at night? Mm-hmm. Does it, whatever that, date weekly. If you can't do weekly, at least monthly, but boy, you better get serious about it because if you miss one month, then it's two, and then, no, you're not dating regularly. Right, right, so right. if you can, every week is a great rhythm. Um, do the best you can. Yeah. And uh, certainly that depart once a season. Mm. I just so encourage that. Yeah. Find a – just get out of the way. Go to – go down – just get to another zip code. I mean, just do the best you can, mm-hmm. right? Just – if you live in Tarpon, go down to, to Seminole, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, dude, just get – Yeah, yeah. Uh, go, go cross the bridge. Shell and I sometimes on a date night cross the Skyway Bridge. Yep. You, we go to Sarasota or somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's like – Hey, we're in a whole other place. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember we some, we were driving down southwest Florida the other day and talking. We went by Venice, and it was one of our first getaways. Oh, okay. We didn't have any money. The kids were young, and yeah. we dropped them off at mom and dad's house. And I think we went to Venice for some. I got a hotel. And back in those days, I couldn't afford the b- hotel on the beach. And yeah. So we are staying at somewhere off an exit in the interstate or something. But, you know, we got away, went probably went out to dinner somewhere yeah. and walked on the beach. Yep. We got away. Mm. That's the point. We 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 changed environment for a short time, and it allows you to connect. It's so good. I want to ask one more question. It's obvious. It's it's a pretty pretty hard shift, but I do think it's important when you talk about marriage. Um, you talked about somebody coming in talking about I feel disconnected. I feel stuck. I wonder because I again, it's a hard thing to talk about. It's it's hard to be vulnerable and to even get to a place where you're you're willing to to state some of that stuff. But if you do feel like, man, our marriage just is not where it needs to be, what's a good first step? Because I feel like people get there and it's tricky, and you almost wonder, do I just wait it out? Or especially when kids are involved, and I don't want to do this because of the kids or whatever. If you're if you feel like I'm in a marriage. And it's just not where it needs to be, and I don't. What What's a first step towards getting that right? Yeah, I, it's very important, and of course, a lot of people have written books on this and yeah, know yeah, a lot yeah. more than I. But I'm going to give you an answer. Um, I, I, I'm going to give you two words: pray and repent. And it was, but it's one answer. Here's what I mean by that: when you are dissatisfied, the first thing you want to do is blame someone for that dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. An expectation has not been met. Mm-hmm. We have all been there. We've been disappointed with each other. We've been disappointed with ourselves. So we all, let's just get over ourselves. We can all acknowledge mm-hmm. that. Our instinct as human beings is to blame you for mm-hmm. my disappointment. Mm-hmm. It is to blame you for not meeting my expectation. And in marriage, it is to wake up and go, okay, I feel dissatisfied. And that is because... Blank is doing blank. <laughs> this person is doing this or not doing that. And I want to point the finger at that person because it, and it may be a glaring thing this person is or isn't doing. Right. I'm not suggesting that sometimes people have not erred greatly and that needs to be pointed out. I'm sure. not suggesting. I'm suggesting this. First, you better start with yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't change another person. The only person you can really have any effect of changing is you mm-hmm. with God's help, I believe. Mm-hmm. So start there to humble yourself and go, what do I need to do? Mm. Instead of saying, what is my partner not doing for me? You should be asking the question, what am I not doing for them? Mm. Like, am I demonstrating real love to them? Mm. Am I speaking into their life in, in a way that is loving 
like it needs to be? Am I acting in a way that demonstrates my love and affection for them? Um, you can say, yeah, but they're not doing I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But we're just talking to you right now. Right. You right. know, what are you going to do? And I, I think before you go to the other person with the following speech, I am dissatisfied, mm-hmm. therefore you should do blank. Mm. <laughs> that's like, that's the speech, right? I am not quite happy, mm-hmm. therefore you should do this. Mm-hmm. Before you come with that speech, how about you spend time with the Lord and ask yourself, what am I doing or not doing that I should be doing or not doing in this relationship? Mm. Let God change you. Mm. And I'm not suggesting, again, that your partner may not be doing something horribly wrong. Right, right. I am suggesting you can only start with the person in the mirror. Right. Start, you asked me, what was the first thing? Yeah. That's the first thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing is to change you Mm. and to understand that however at fault the other person may be, you're a part of this relationship. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing or not doing that must be changed Mm. in order to experience more satisfaction and more love? Don't change them, change you. Mm. Now, I realize people are going to go, yeah, yeah, I've done that. And, and, uh, uh, you know, so-and-so still has a gambling habit, still has a drinking problem, is, is yeah, yeah, been yeah. unfaithful. Okay. I'm, I'm not in any way minimizing horrible things that must be addressed. Yeah. I'm just saying, start with you. Mm-hmm. The root cause of, of broken relationships is selfishness. Mm. Yes. When you boil it down, it's mm-hmm. selfishness and sin. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to deal with my selfishness and my sin first, and then maybe I can begin talking about to that other person, hey, uh, I'm not happy with where our relationship is at right now. Mm-hmm. I let them, at some point, okay, a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. There is some dissatisfaction. But I own some things, and here's what I'm owning and what I'm trying to do better. Yeah. It would help if you've already done some things noticeably different. Yeah. And, you know, here are things that we begin to identify as troublesome in the relationship. And what can we do together? You must avoid this. I'm dissatisfied because of your behavior. Therefore, you need to change so I can be satisfied. And that's where a lot of people are in their marriage. Mm -hmm. That's more or less the statement they give. I'm dissatisfied because of you. And if you would change, my life would be better. Well, that's not going to happen. That's just not going to go over very well. So how about what can I change? What can I shift? What can I do different? And then how can I make a conversation about what can we do together Mm. to get our relationship where it needs to be? Mm. And and remember, no person can fill, can meet every expectation. If your expectations are unrealistic, uh, kind of circular reasoning there, but... The problem is unrealistic expectations. We want people to meet the deepest needs of our life that only God can make. Yeah, so yeah. so sometimes you're putting unrealistic expectations on another person, and you're blaming your unhappiness on them. Mm. And they're not the reason you're unhappy. They're imperfect. Mm-hmm. They're making some mistakes, mm-hmm. but they're not the reason you're unhappy. Yeah. Uh, so let's deal with that core reason first. Let's help you love them better, mm. and then let's figure out how we're going to address what may be behaviors in the relationship that are harming it, and um, and let's see if we can, what can be done there. Yeah, yeah, it's so good, and it's so important, um, because just like we said, you know, maintaining a healthy marriage is work. Mm. Um, certainly fixing a, a marriage that's that's gotten 
further into disrepair. Well, that's going to be more work. Um, but, but it is so worth doing. I mean, you touched on a minute ago the impact on kids yeah. when they're in when they when you give them a healthy marriage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On communities. I mean, I, I we think of families in my community growing up, not just a person, but a family that, that presented a safe place that presented mm. love and compassion and like the a healthy, thriving marriage leading to a healthy family is every family is a civilization. Mm. And uh, the death of a marriage is is uh, I don't know if it's the death of a civilization, but it's like uh, it, it, it in some ways is the destruction of a civilization. And, mm. and again, there are people who are there and didn't want to be there. I'm not in any way trying to make their, their plight harder. Right, right, right. I'm just saying, yes, it is worth it. And I right. wish I could go to, you know, every young couple struggling through and uh, and just say, you know, at this stage in our life, Cheryl and I will celebrate 40 years. And, you know, you have children, you have grandchildren, you have memories. You built a life together. It's irreplaceable. Yeah. yeah. It's irreplaceable. And you can't get it any other. You can't get it except that. You are walking together on a journey over the course of a lifetime. Yeah. We are, you know, contrary to what, uh, you know, the libertine argument of today is, we are made for monogamy. We are made for exclusive loving relationships. Mm-hmm. It is how civilization is formed. And uh, so it is absolutely, absolutely worth it to persist, to be faithful, to be committed, and uh, and, and to to endure through the years, to yeah. endure through the years. Yeah, it's it's so well said. Um, I so appreciate you sharing some about that, and um, and and you can certainly one big step to maintaining a healthy marriage will be remembering that one week from today is Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. will be a very helpful step. Yep. along the way. Yeah, and uh, and Rachel did send me this list of things to cover. Yeah, if you yeah. could be all right. <laughs> It may take 15 or 20 minutes here. Yeah. We'll go through it. That's very helpful. Yeah. Um, it, I am that way, too. I don't know if you are that way. I, I'm I'm totally okay gift-giving wise if if I'm told what you're looking for. I, oh. I'm fine with that. I would say this. Uh, typically, uh, ladies, if, I'm th- if, if you want something from your husband, uh, I would say tell him. Just tell them. Um, guys are not good at hints. And, yeah. and women, this is, the, you know, kind of sometimes our love language is hinting and it's like coding. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and no, no, draw him a picture. <laughs> I'm serious, ladies. Draw, please. You know what? You'll be so happy at a week from now. That's right. Draw him and say, hey, in fact, when you hear this, make, mark it out and have a conversation with your husband and say, hey, next week's Valentine's Day. It's the middle of the week. Yeah. It's a bu- complete bummer because it's Wednesday. Right. You're busy. You're going to be working. Yeah, you're yeah. So, I'm so proud of you. And what I really like on Valentine's Day is for flowers to be delivered at my workplace. Right. And I really like the Godiva chocolate. They're fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and if that could be delivered, you know, or whatever it is you want. Yeah. Like. Like, this is what I would really like. If yeah. you can hit that mark on Valentine's Day, it, it's going to turn out well for you. So, you know, you, believe me, I will be happy. Right. I will be excited. So please hit that mark. Draw him a picture. Right. He needs that. Right. I know of no men, really, who would be upset about that. I, I w- Now, listen, I have a couple friends that get a little cute about that, though. Do they're they? like, you know, she likes flowers, but I got an idea this year. No, no. I'm going to get her this. You're out punting your coverage. Stop it. Stop it, friend. Do what she asks. That's, you're, yeah, you're, you're yeah. getting too cute You're going here. for it on fourth down in the, in the full Remember circle. the Lions. Take the points. Take the points and move on, brother. <laughs> Do not. Fourth and three, and you think you're going to outsmart everybody. You're not. No, no. 
You're no. sitting at home while Taylor Swift is at the Super Bowl, there. and you're sitting at home. You do not want that to happen, there's the fellas. There's the flowers. There's the chocolate. Line up order. and put the ball through the uprights, that's fellas. It. <laughs> do not get cute about it. Uh, those are great words. That's that's good wisdom. Uh, and really appreciate you sharing a lot about that. I know that that's uh, – like you say, there's books written. We could probably talk about this for, for 10 weeks about all the nuances into that. But I think that that was a – uh, a really great conversation. So thanks for talking about that. And uh, kick off a new series this coming Sunday. Very excited about. Yeah, real fast. Uh, you know, we're hard to believe, like eight weeks, I think, toward Easter. Right and, uh, and so we have a, a series we're going to be doing all the way up through and climaxing on Easter uh, about really just unlocking just – a, a deeper level who who Jesus is this mm-hmm. this picture Jesus describes himself to us he tell he draws a map for us and says this is who I am and these pictures are so incredible mm-hmm. so we're going to be in the gospel of John leaning on up to Easter uh, talking about uh, uh, what we're calling uh, the uh, just Jesus is what is Jesus who is he how do mm-hmm. we understand him and so um, it's it's going to be a, a great series we're looking forward to jumping out in it uh, this weekend going to be a special sunday we hope that you can be here at a calvary campus if you're traveling or if you're out of town you can always join us online love to see you there make sure you drop in the chat and say hello because i will be there online uh would love to talk to you there um but yeah thanks so much for listening uh appreciate everybody who uh has rated or left a review on the podcast that is always super helpful helps us get the word out about what we're doing here and uh we love you very much we'll be back with another episode here very soon